Brendan Lawler, the current number four in the gross world ranking for golfers with a disability, will tee it up at the ISBS Handy UK Championship inside the field of tour players. The venue? That is the iconic Belfry, which has been the venue of four Ryder Cups. The recipient of a sponsor's invitation, the popular Irishman is keen to get started and looks forward to a good experience. Although not quite the start that Edgar Ambassador Carly Booth would have liked, she is just about to start the defence of the Tipsport Czech Ladies Open on the Ladies European Tour. So please join me in wishing both the very best of luck as they follow their dreams. In this episode, you'll hear about a recent visit to Norway by Edgar's Head of Development, Mark Taylor. And as always, we'll play a short clip from this week's Ping Profile, which features Gail Owen from England. So, let's get to episode 18 of the Edgar Golfers First podcast. With the gradual easing of travel restrictions between certain countries, Edgar was back out on the road. Edgar's Head of Development, Mark Taylor, visited Oslo in Norway to meet our member country federation, along with the PGA of Norway, and to deliver some introducer and coach training. Let's hear from Mark, who, when I caught up with him, had just got back from the Norwegian capital. Tell me a little bit about what you did there. I know that you were invited there by the Norwegian Golf Federation and the PGA there, so please tell me a little bit about what happened. Sure. We work very closely with the Norwegian Golf Federation. We have um, one of our Edgar Edgar people over there, Gurl Hansen, who does a great job in the disability and inclusion section for the Norwegian Golf Federation. So we're always working. They're always um, striving forward and looking at ways to develop their disability provision in golf in general. And Norway is seen, as many countries, a bit of a resurgence to golf, or a massive resurgence to golf, in fact, with uh, COVID-19 and a lot of people staying in the country and returning to the game and laps golfers picking it up. But we'd always had this in the diary. Uh, I was due to get out there last year, but due to some flight issues with SAS, I couldn't quite get over there to speak to the clubs. So we wanted to do some, ideally, some volunteer training. We have a very extensive volunteer network and a great volunteer culture in the uh, golf and generally I think in, in sport and generally in Norway so the idea was was to get these volunteers together and some PGA coaches and, and staff together and just uh, just give them some ideas about the some of the industry benefits and maybe how we could possibly position those volunteers slightly differently in their um, in their placements so I know you met with the PGA, you obviously had the first conversation with the, the Federation, which are, as you mentioned, one of our member countries. The PGA then got involved and then you went and actually delivered some practical stuff with the volunteer coaches and also some of the professionals. Exactly, yeah. One of the, the, the remits of the visit was to actually try and meet both organisations. We're quite lucky in Norway that they all work together under the umbrella of the Norwegian Golf Federation, as, as you know, you put there in the past. Uh, it was very easy to get access to the PGA as well. Sometimes it's not quite as easy, but in, in Norway, it's a great example of how these uh, organizations work together with the workforce and the governing body. So on the Friday, on Friday, I was able to, to talk to the Norwegian uh, PGA, uh, both face-to-face and uh, about 10 people in total on a on a virtual call as well. And really, that was to, to showcase some of the work that we'd introduced regarding our education program, our specific coach education program that that encompasses volunteers as well but we've also put together some pretty nice um, content for PGA professionals to help them 
concentrate on specific impairments and, and really look at generally after completing some of our courses, hopefully becoming more rounded coaches from this. And the PGA were very interested in hearing about the stuff we developed, some of the potential educational opportunities we have with our How I Play model. And uh, I think after leaving on Friday, they were almost pretty much ready to, to deliver that in year one and year two under our guidance. So uh, it was a very positive meeting, yeah. Tell me about the volunteers, because I think sometimes if we're not careful, we think that the volunteers maybe have a, a very specific role and we don't probably look wide enough to how we can actually deploy some of these volunteers to get the message out that golf is a pretty good game for people with disability. Yeah, volunteers uh, historically are very difficult to recruit and most golf clubs have one or two excellent volunteers or integral in the club which really drive participation, drive memberships, drive all sorts of links to the community. But in Norway, we had a huge opportunity in respect of their, I think there were 18 volunteers uh, on the on the course. Uh, and these are the, the classes year one or T1, trainer one, trainer two, which they have a level of qualification which they need to need to meet. My goal with these volunteers who are very keen, very well educated, there's a very good culture over there, was to look at where they were currently positioned, which is in the clubs. Well, we know um, that dis disabled participants probably aren't going to be able to get to a golf club and have that conversation with themselves and, do you know what, today I'm going to get up and I'm going to go and play golf because that isn't quite as straightforward as it sounds for an able-bodied person. So a lot of our development and participation models are really working with the community. That helps to change what being a golfer means, helps to change what the perception of golf is by linking these 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 facilities which are out of the community to the community. Here we have a, a great vehicle to link the two together. So the role of the, of the day's training was really to get the the volunteer coach to understand we need to get out into the community and we're giving them some resources giving them some training giving them some practical experience of working with different disabilities we had different disabilities in the afternoon session which they hadn't encountered before so we had a very good reflective and feedback session around that and really tony just just drew the skills out of them they, they were excellent at setting sessions up they've been very well trained in that just a matter of them understanding and really working on that communication that rapport with the player which i think has really brought them on and all of them are really keen to, to do something and I think working with the Golf Federation as well behind them, we've got a tremendous opportunity here to drive that forward and get golf to many new disabled people in Norway, but not just that, even their families as well. I think that's a huge, huge thing that we very often take for granted is we're bringing other people to the sport as well if we can uh, give them the first contact in, in the community, wherever that may be, in a park, in a hospital and a rehabilitation centre, wherever it may be. Well, that's absolutely true, and we know that the average family size seems to be around about 2.4, 2.5, depends on where you are in Europe. And so not only are you affecting the person with disability, but also the other family members positively. So well done. I'm sure you were glad to get back out there and do a little bit of work face to face. Yes, it's been fantastic to actually get in front of a, an audience again. I mean, I mean we've, we've delivered some some good projects virtually but it's not quite the same as being in front and seeing the people and being able to interact with them and um the whole program around that we've put together is is giving them that awareness and experience that they need to 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 give them the confidence more than anything to go out and say you know what i can teach people with disabilities because actually i might it's, it's not much different than what i do anyway i just have to understand there's a process to this i might need a little bit more time i might need a little bit more extra planning but 
it's not that different and uh, that's what we're trying to get across and I think that also rolls over to the PGA coaches that were on the on the training as well they 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 were taken aback actually I thought it was a lot more complicated than this but but it isn't it's just what I do excellent well thanks for your time Mark thanks Tony great to speak to you speak to you soon Every fortnight, Edgar publishes a Ping profile, and this week we share the story of Gail Lowen from England. Here's a short excerpt from a recent interview. I started, I remember, I was at work, I remember it so clearly, and I walked over to the pro shop to do something, and I I didn't know at the time, but I had double vision, and it felt like half of my head was different sizes. Right. Um... And I literally just phoned my dad and said, come and pick me up. (laughs) Something is not right with me. Um, And so anyway, that carried on. I went to the optician who said, you've got double vision. So they sent me to the hospital, um, eye clinics, whatever, and had a CT scan, had an MRI, and I, I noticed that um, with my leg also, it was like a delay. And if I wanted to move, it just was a delay in my leg. Anyway, I'm, I don't dwell on things. So it got better. So I just sort of, you know, didn't think about it really. And then when I went to the neurologist to get my results, I went on my own because I thought, nothing's wrong and she just said well you know what you've got don't you and I said no (laughs) and she goes well you've got multiple cirrhosis and I went really (laughs) um because to me I that's all I knew was a wheelchair scenario if you'd like to read and listen to the full story then please visit www.edgargolf.com forward slash profiles and search Gail Owen. So, all that remains for me to say is, I hope that you enjoyed this episode of the Golfer's First Edgar podcast. If you'd like to know more about Edgar or keep up with what we're doing, then you can find us on social media. We are on Facebook at European Disabled Golf Association. On Instagram, we are Edgar underscore golf. And on Twitter, we can be found at Edgar Golf. All of us at Edgar wish you good health, stay safe, and we hope to see you on the golf course in the non-too-distant future. <laughs>